This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Make It a Score Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a rating and review. That would be much, much appreciated. One more day, ladies and gentlemen, until the Leafs and Habs drop the puck for game one of round one here in the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. I am so excited. It is coming quick, and it is coming fast, and I can't wait. One more sleep, ladies and gentlemen. One more sleep. And hopefully this podcast for today can kind of get you all jazzed up. Because on today's show, we're once again going to be joined by Laura Saba and Scott Matla of Lockdown Canadians. As we do a little bit more of a deeper dive and continue, this is part two of our playoff primer. Today we discuss a little bit more about the matchups, the X-Factors. We get into the goalie matchup a little bit. And uh, of course, what everybody's favorite, we give our final predictions. So without further ado... This is Scott Matla, Laura Saba, and myself for part two of the Leafs-Habs playoff primer. We're doing some more scouting with the enemy here. Locked on Canadians sitting down with Locked on Leafs to talk about specific players, specific matchups, and our prediction for how this series will go. I guess we'll start with Toronto again as the higher seed. They get that privilege. Um, Better team. I like to refer to it as the better team. Yeah. And they've got some, I mean, where do I start? Like, what? who shuts down Team X, a star player? There's not one star player in Toronto. Like, how do we start? Do we start with Austin Matthews? Let's let's start with Austin Matthews. How do you, how do you game plan against Austin Matthews? How do I game plan? I think you guys got to figure out how you're going to game plan against <laughs> Austin Matthews. Matthews is going to go out and do his thing. I'm not worried about Austin Matthews. It, it, I think that's a question for Scott to go ahead and answer and see what they can do. In terms of like shutting down, you know, star players, I, I think it, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough just because this team is is so well rounded at this point, right? They've I think they've got a, a legitimate, if not the best, um, one of the best top six in the NHL. Like and, and there's been some uh some difference in in lineups of what they've done over the over the past little bit to what we're going to be putting out there for game 1 tomorrow and so the the top 6 is going to look as such. So it's going to be Hyman with Matthews and Marner and then it's going to be Felino, Tavares and William Nylander and that to me that, that's just going to be so tough for for Montreal to to go up against and and to shut down cuz there's so much firepower. All six of those guys um, can play a, a responsible 200-foot game, but also really, really talented in the offensive end. They're creative. There's edginess to each of those lines. It's going to be really, really tough to, to to shut them down, I would think. I have an idea, though. Shoot. The Canadians can just take penalties. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is an idea to shut them down. Yes, put them on the man advantage where they just... 
overthink everything, never shoot the puck, and often end up giving up shorthanded goals. So you're right. Just play play at a disadvantage uh, the entire time. You might end up actually winning a couple of games here in the series. <laughs> Assuming the refs call any sort of penalties in the offseason. We've seen like four kinds of different officiating so far this offseason in or postseason, I should right. say. Who knows what one we're going to get in uh, Montreal, Toronto. They might call everything. They might call nothing. Who actually knows until the game starts? And that might favor, well, it might favor Toronto now because of how strong they are five on five. It's like you were saying, matching up against that top six is a nightmare. And even with, you know, Philip Deneau, Thomas Starr, and Brendan Gallagher back together, that's one line. You still have to contend with, you know, Nylander and Tavares and, um, I almost said Marcus Foligno, Nick Foligno, you have to, they have to find their matchups to exploit in that Toronto lineup. And it's not as easy as it was in years past. There's not that bullseye on the lineup where you go that that's the line that we go after because yeah. they've made it with their off season moves and their deadline moves. They managed to round out their lineup pretty well. The Canadians might be able to skate with them, but that doesn't mean they're going to get the advantage on that. If that makes sense. So what are you guys like like what is the the thought process and how things are going to match up right now like in terms of or in terms of Matthews like is it going to be Dano and Gallagher going to be on the on the Matthews line like and and if that's the case I mean that's a team who you're who the 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 Canadians kind of rely on for some offense and if you're putting them in a shutdown role that's going to take away a lot of offensive opportunity for them it really does feel like it, it feels like it's also the best way to mitigate the potential damage Austin Matthews can do. You, you put your best defensive center on him and I love Nick Suzuki and I love Yasperi Kotkaniemi and I love Jake Evans and they've all done good things at various points of the season, but you go with the guy that you can trust. The one who was matched up against Sidney Crosby and the one who has done, you know, wonders, I say wonders in ter- relative speaking against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And then you take your chances that some of those young guys, your Cole Caulfield, you're, you're hoping you get Corey Perry from last year's playoffs. Again, you're trying to mitigate and then hope you can leverage your uh, depth elsewhere, I guess. And the Canadians have never been one for this one line does everything. They kind of get those performances across their lineup last year was Jeff Petrie in one game and then it was Nick Suzuki and then it was Paul Byron in one game and then it was Shea Weber in another if they can get consistent you know offense from various sources it plays to their advantage because then Toronto can load up on one line and if it's coming from somewhere else it constantly forces them to shuffle but it really does feel like it's going to be Dino Tatar and Gallagher on that Matthews line like glue games one through however many it takes I also think that, you know, the thing that the Canadians need to remember is very much like how they played Connor McDavid this year. You can't shut the person down completely. You can try your best to control and to mitigate. And at the end, he is going to score. But with 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 especially with Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl, they were able to shut them down for multiple games. You're not going to do that with with, uh, you know, the depth that Toronto has. But if you're able to mitigate you know, a little bit of both both top lines, I think you give yourself more of a shot. And so I feel like they need to approach it very, very differently than they would any other team. It's like, you have to think, you're like, okay, there's no way we're going to control this guy. We have to make sure nobody else can score. And and I think that's going to be the key. And, and, and for me, 
I'm personally, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, you're going to have your combination of that Deno line and Carey Price getting his game back. And that's going to at least allow the Canadians to allow fewer goals overall. Now, whether or not it's going to work, you know, against the entire team, I'm not so sure, but I think that it's, it's about, you need to mitigate as much as possible because goals are going to go in. You just can't afford to make any mistakes anywhere else. I think is, is the key here. Yeah, I, I'm from a Toronto perspective, when you look at, at matchups, I suppose, and kind of how they're going to match up against Montreal, I think what I, what I like about how this team has kind of uh, has, has put themselves together is I really trust any of the top three lines to match up against any of the, the Montreal lines. So, you know, even the Knights where they're in Montreal where they don't have last change, I feel comfortable. Like if you got to put the the Tavares line against the Tofino, the Tofoli line, I feel confident about that. Against the Gallagher line, I feel confident about that. Like the the Suzuki line, they're going to be fine. Same thing with with that third line. That uh, this new third line of Kerfoot, uh, Riley Nash, and Ilya Mikheyev. I think they could be a decent shutdown line against any of the the Montreal teams or the Montreal lines that they have out there. So when it comes to to Toronto, I, I look at it and I think. Matchups aren't as key for Toronto because I think that they're a little bit deeper. Um, and, you know, not to say that there's not a lot of talent and skill in, in Montreal because there definitely is. But I just feel like Toronto, when it comes to, to making sure you get those right matchups, I'm not sure it's as important. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for the Locked On Leafs once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to right here every day on Locked On Leafs. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join the conversations about the league, about the NHL and about the Maple Leafs first and foremost. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, pre-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to the biggest news and rumors. Go download the free Locker Room app now. Currently available on all iOS systems. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. You can follow me as well at Leaves or at Mike underscore DeStefano to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be there live every single week, at least once a week. We'll be doing one of these bad boys. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Leafs. I'll see you there. Locker room, changing the way we talk sports. I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. 
These bars are healthy. They're delicious. They're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. And you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. So let's get into like a little bit deeper into these Montreal matchups, because the way that I look at it, Montreal, as as Scott said, you know, it's kind of it's a by committee or, you know, uh, like overall, I wouldn't say rolling four lines as much as rolling three lines and, 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 and sort of uh, getting by. Personally, I feel like the way that I look at Montreal, they're, the, the the players that they have that they're going to be relying on are so different in so many ways. Like, how do you play against Josh Anderson? It's a different way that you would play against a Tyler Toffoli, right? How do you make sure that you're able to anticipate Nick Suzuki's hockey brain, right? How mm-hmm. do you make sure... and Right now, we don't know if they're going to play Cole Caulfield. You know, they had him as a spare in, in, in the practice and everybody, you know, freaked out. But but Dominique Ducharme's changing things up and stuff like that. You know, like personally for me, I find that the one thing that I can't figure out with the Canadians, and this is partly due to coaching and the way that they've played this season, is what exactly is the identity of this team, right? They've got good players, but as a whole, I can't tell you what the identity is. And then at the end of the day, you also have to worry about Romanov and Jeff Petrie. Like they do have some players on their defense that are pretty mobile. So where do you start? Like to you, what do you think is the most dangerous threat in Montreal? Oh, I, I, I mean, when that, when Gallagher is going, you're right. Gallagher is probably the straw that stirs the drink on that team. But if he's going to be using a more of a, a shutdown role, I don't see him as, as, as much of a threat at that point. But, I mean, Tyler Toffoli scored almost 30 goals this year. I think Toffoli's definitely going to be a, an issue when it comes to it. He's got some good speed, and, and he's got an unreal shot. If he can unleash that thing, then then I think he's probably going to be a little bit of a handful. So I would say Toffoli's the guy who I would think, as an outsider at least, the the, the player that I think Toronto should be trying to to shut down, uh, that would be the guy who I would probably send, like, Muzzin and, and Brody against that line. Because he's playing with, um, who's he playing on a line with? Is he still with Anderson and, and Suzuki? Who even knows at this point? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Toffoli and Suzuki will be playing together. I think that's, that's a line that the coach really loves. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's odd because... We're under the impression Ducharme isn't showing his full hand to give Toronto that look. Right. And we're also under the impression that he might not know what he's doing, so this might be <laughs> the lineup is. So, <laughs> Toffoli is the odd one, though, because he has been so good this year. And the way he does it is he never looks like he's exerting all that much energy. He's just kind of like in the right spot and the puck is on his stick. And that's a talent to have is nice. getting in those spots to score goals. Unlike in previous years where Toronto had the defense that was uh, ugly to put it nicely. Yes. Ugly. I was just saying a little bit more open than this year. <laughs> uh, they, if they can find space for Toffoli out there and get him away from the Muzzins and uh, the Brodies who are very good at shutting guys down. I think that's their Montreal's opportunity there. Uh, he, he and Nick Suzuki are the two guys that I'm keeping an eye on the most because Suzuki was red hot to end the regular season. Yeah. And he saw how good he was in the playoffs last year. And he's an Ontario boy. He's gonna wanna he's gonna wanna perform there in Toronto when they start. Yeah, like I said, that I I, I agree with you. I think that is probably the line that like if if you are to play the matchup game, 
that's who I send Muzzin Hall after, right? That That's the, the shutdown line, and, and that's who I think we'll see, the, the Riley Nash. Like, if there's the defensive zone face-off, and that's the thing, too. When, when you get really into the nitty-gritty, the, the intricate parts of, of how coaching goes about, whether the face-off is in the offensive end, the defensive end, things change. But to me, if I'm thinking about it, and and it's a, a defensive zone face-off, and I see Toffoli and Suzuki come over, over the boards. They're ready to take that offensive zone draw. I'm going to send out that third pair, that third line. Sheldon Keith made it pretty clear early on in the season that he would love to have a shutdown third line. We had the assumption that Zach Hyman, when he returned, was going to go on that third line, and it was going to be Kerfoot, McKayev, and Hyman. They had a lot of success um, in, in the short period that they played together. Basically, like midway through the year, they had an opportunity together, but he's going to end up being on the top line. So instead, they insert Riley Nash, a very, very defensive orientated um bottom six centerman so he's going to be the 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 centerman on that line moving Kerfoot out to the wing and Mikheyev also going to claim his spot on the wing as well and that's going to be their shutdown line and I'm I'm excited because we haven't seen them play Ryland Ash was acquired at the deadline a couple of days before the deadline but immediately went to LTIR so we have not seen what this guy looks like going to make his least debut uh tomorrow night when the the this game for game one when the puck drops and I think that is going to be their shutdown line and 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 I'm excited to see what that looks like and how effective they can be against Montreal's top lines. And speaking of shutdown lines, for whatever reason, the Montreal Canadiens shutdown line has provided a lot of offense in the last few weeks. Uh, hey, not a bad um... thing. Not a bad thing at all. <laughs> It, they, they've actually been a revelation, you know, like Arturi Lekkinen is probably a very underrated player on the Montreal Canadiens and Jake Evans, like this season has been his absolute coming out party. You know, the guy's a third or fourth liner. Most, most he plays a fourth line. And, you know, we talk a lot about the caliber of bottom six, like you can have a good bottom six or a bad bottom six. You're right. Like they're not just replacement level players. I don't believe in that. I believe that you can have good fourth line players. And for me, Jake Evans is uh, he's just like the quintessential quality fourth liner. Like he brings a lot. And so I wonder in my mind, I'm like, is there a way that Toronto is going to forget about these guys and they're going to get away with carrying the scoring? Hey, that's possible. It's it's possible um, that that could be the case if they end up getting a little bit more playing time than I think you're thinking about. But at the same time, there are three lines that I think, well, they're four. The Leafs are four lines deep. Like, I mean, you can't forget about the vintage line. I think Thornton, Spets, and Simmons, although... Not fleet of foot, probably going to be a pretty slow line. They're not going to see a lot of ice time, but I think they'll be dependable when they're out there on the ice. Like they're very smart uh, hockey players. They've been in the league for a long time and they had really good seasons, all three of them. So even if like the fourth lines end up just matching up against each other, I think that that could be a really good matchup for, for both parties. And I don't think that anyone will be able to pull the wool over each other's eyes. Um, after all, it's the NHL, it's the playoffs, everything wrap, uh, ramps up and is going to be intense. And you should expect the the unexpected, I suppose, once the playoff rolls around, but definitely expect for everyone to bring their A game, even the fourth liners. And we're going to get two predictions for this series in just a moment. And this is probably going to be my le- least favorite segment. <laughs> 
Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today. Use a promo code Locked On and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code Locked On for 50% off your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right. Does anyone here think that the Leafs are not winning this series? No. I Okay, so one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have two minds on this. There is my analytical brain that can look at this series and go, for Montreal to do this, they need an all-world goaltending performance, a lot of luck, and just everything to kind of go their way, like it did last year in the bubble, and then and that's not even a guarantee – and then there's like the lizard fan part of my brain that's like Habs in four. They're going to kick them right <laughs> out the building. And I know that's absolutely ridiculous. I do think Toronto is going to take this series. I think the biggest thing is I think the Canadians this year is going to, I, I think a lot like Pittsburgh last year in Philadelphia, they're going to put a scare into Toronto in a game or two, but I don't think they have, the overall firepower to just compete with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner for seven games, unless they come out and find an amazing performance from someone else on this team. We know Toffoli will be good. We know Anderson will be physical. We know Gallagher will be everywhere on the ice that he can get to. That doesn't replace a guy who just won the rocket Richard trophy and probably not for the last time in his career either. I think another big thing here is that there's feelings, there's, there's logic but there's also all of the unexpected things that happen in a playoff series. You know, like a coach could make some really bad decisions. Uh, Jack Campbell can turn back into a pumpkin. That's 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 what I'm personally hoping for. And I hope it happens at the inopportune moment. But there's also just things like if the Canadians split the series in Toronto, like the first two games, right? They lose game one. They win game two. It's a whole other story than if they lose two games in Toronto. And, you know, they play seven games for a reason. And I think that there's a lot of factors that we can't actually predict. For example, I don't know, some a goalie standing on his head. Like Carey Price like gets lit up and then Jake Allen comes in and then carries the rest of the series, right? Like there's all these unexpected things. It is unfortunate that, you know, the team that I'm cheering for is the one that has to rely on these unexpected freak things to happen, but they could, you know, like there's there's no there's no predicting. It's just that if you look at it like on paper, if you look at it with logic, if you look at it with underlying numbers, if you look at it with skill, if you look at it with coaching too. And I hate saying that because I feel like that, you know, the Canadians could have done really great things, maybe not beat in Toronto, but they could have done really great things if their coaching uh, philosophy made any sense at all. <laughs> but I truly feel like, you know, like there's so many things that can go wrong, but Montreal needs everything 
to go wrong for Toronto in order to win. And Toronto doesn't need anything to go wrong for Montreal in order to win is, is the way that I look at this. And, you know, I'm a Habs fan. I don't want to get yelled at. I want to be an optimist, you know, but it just, it doesn't look like it. I just, I, I don't see it happening. Yeah. A lot would have to go wrong for Toronto uh, for, for them to not win this series. And I'm, it starts it starts in goal. I think you know if Jack Campbell turtles and doesn't live up to um, the expectations he's he's set for himself after such a stellar regular season, this team might be in a little bit of trouble. You know he he allows some some weak goals and they end up losing uh, one of the first couple of games and now all of a sudden there's a goalie controversy and if there's a goalie controversy is he going to be able to handle that? You know it's a big mental game with Jack Campbell I think and you have to be mentally tough in the playoffs and if he you know mentally starts to wane a little bit as the series goes on is that going to affect his game and if that's the case now we got to throw Anderson in net and what if he can't get the job done because he hasn't really played since March and he hasn't really doesn't have a great playoff resume either so at the end of the day it's going to come down to goaltending for Toronto um but also even if Anderson and Campbell aren't like amazing and they just play kind of replacement level goalie. I would say, I still think that there's just so much firepower here in Toronto. Um, their, their five on five scoring is, is like just elite, elite next level. The special teams are, are an issue and, and hopefully that does end up kind of getting uh, worked on here throughout the next few days that he's had a lot of practice time before the, the playoffs get going. I've heard that they've been working pretty hard at trying to figure out some new tweaks to the power play. Hopefully that one uh, can pick up once it gets going and also on the penalty kill, which ranked 24th in the league. So special teams to me is, is also going to kind of be a little bit of an Achilles heel that maybe Montreal can exploit. Um, and that would give them a little bit more of an opportunity to, to win a couple games here in the playoffs because special teams always ends up, you know, you win the special teams battle. Usually you, you become victorious at the end of the game. Hasn't been the case a lot of times for Toronto this year, which is strange, but uh, once the playoffs gets here, I, I assume that that regression will go back to kind of being that to be true. But at the end of the day, Toronto's just the better team. They got the better forwards. Um, I think that right now they have stronger goaltending, at least the way that they're playing is stronger. But, of course, Carey Price, if he can kind of turn the clock back, kind of like we saw Cam Talbot do over the weekend, or like Marc-Andre Fleury's been doing all season long, or Mike Smith, you know, if he can turn out to be um, that stellar goaltender that he once was and put the team on his back, there is an off, you know, a potential that this team could upset Toronto. But unless all of that happens together, this is going to be a, a Toronto victory. And guys, if we're going to sit here and make predictions, I'm going bold. I really do believe that the Leafs are going to sweep the Habs. I, I have Leafs in six, and I have, I have Leafs in six simply for logic reasons, right? I, I like. I don't think Carey Price or Brendan Gallagher are going to let this going to be let this be a sweep. I think the biggest thing is if they can, you know, get some of the luck they missed. Because there have been games against Jack Campbell where Campbell makes, you know, a, a blind, like, he's got, yep. he's kicking his leg back to keep a puck out. One of those, like, once in a blue moon kind of saves or something. I, I have the Leafs in six right now, and I will happily be wrong about this before Habs fan base bites my head off. But before we go, I guess – if Jack Campbell has to leave for any reason and Freddie Anderson is your starting goalie, 
Does that change your prediction for the Toronto Maple Leafs in this series? Yeah. Um, yes, it would. It would definitely change things because I think the, the probability of winning is a lot stronger with Jack Campbell in net the way he's playing than it has been with Fred Anderson the way that he's played. Uh, Anderson at this point is is kind of been like a 500 goaltender um, or so it seems. I would actually have to take a look and see if that's legitimately the case, but hasn't played well, uh, that's for sure. I know down the stretch before his injury, he wasn't playing well and then didn't do good in those in that game and a half of AHL time uh, and then didn't play amazingly, I guess, uh, against Ottawa either. Allowed some some tough goals in his, in his one start that he had before uh, his little tune-up before the playoffs. So, yeah, it, it would change things a lot if the Leafs have to turn to Anderson, whether it's because, um, you know, Campbell just turtles and doesn't play well if he underperforms or if he, you know, runs into fatigue and just isn't going to be able to physically play that night and they have to put Anderson in. It, it changes things uh, a little bit for sure. I... Guess we kind of have it. Wait, Scott, did you lock in your prediction yet? Yeah, I said Leafs in six. <laughs> All right. I think we're both on the same page. I, like, I, I just, I understand why it's not just, you know, the Leafs media and fan base. It's it's neutral, you know, national hockey people all saying that the Leafs can sweep, uh, you know, Leafs in three, that old, that old kind of prediction. But I don't think that the Canadians are going to lose four games in a row. I I just, I don't see it. And I could be wrong, but I also, I don't see them winning this series. Unfortunately, you know, it's such high hopes at the beginning of the year for them to come second in the division and not have to meet the Leafs until the second round. Uh, But, you know, I, it just, it makes me so upset that, the 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 one time that the Leafs are going to get past that first round, it's going to be my team that's going to lose to them. Like the sacrificial lamb is the Montreal Canadiens. I was bound to happen at some point. I think uh, it's it's been avoided for a very very long time, and uh, I, I think that it's it's actually exciting that we get to see Leafs and Habs and. You know, I think none of us have been alive to watch a Leafs-Habs series, but I'm sure, you know, if you talk to, to, to your parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents who lived it, experienced it back in its heyday through, uh, you know, however far back, you know, your family lineage goes, I suppose, that were hockey fans. But, you know, this this has a lot of historical context and historical value in hockey. And, and I think that introducing the the original six Leafs Habs rivalry to this new uh this new generation of hockey fans is is going to be great absolutely fantastic and, and I'm just excited to get this thing going like I don't know about you guys but I've been ready for the playoffs for the last three weeks I was like just scrap the rest of the games let's just get to playoff hockey <laughs> everything's already pretty well you know in the bag we already know that the four teams in each division I guess there was still like those seeding Montreal had a chance to catch Winnipeg but it didn't ultimately didn't happen obviously but you know the last couple of weeks I've just been itching for playoff hockey because it just hasn't meant much at all and I feel like the energy hasn't really been there for the last couple of weeks, but come tomorrow night down at Scotiabank Arena, the energy I believe is going to be there, fans or not. Uh, playoff hockey is always, always a lot of fun, and I'm excited to get going. 
And I guess the the one thing remains is is to see that if we if we still do crossovers next season and beyond, if we're still going to be friends after this, because <laughs> as Scott likes to say, it's really nice to talk to a Leafs fan who isn't insane. Um, but I think I, I guess I guess Leafs fans probably see us that way too. They probably see us as homers. But I'd like to think that we're a little bit objective about our teams. Uh, and you know, it's always great to chat, and hopefully. You know, we'll we'll have more opportunities if the season goes long enough. We'll have more opportunities to, or sorry, the series goes long enough. We'll have more opportunities to chat. So, tell you I guess what. that's it then. Tell you what, if this isn't a sweep, we will get together for another crossover so you guys can throw it in my face that Montreal <laughs> got a game. All right, that's a deal. All right, all right. So that does it for the playoff primer. That's part two of two. Thank you so much to to Scott and Laura. That was a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, we're moving on. We're not friends anymore. We're enemies because the puck drops tomorrow. And by the time I wake up, I guarantee you we're going to be sending some not-so-nice emojis to each other and texts to each other through the next week and a half or so. Let's be honest. I think I'm going to be the one who's probably going to be the one throwing the shade a little bit because it's easier to do it when you're winning than when you're losing. And as we just heard, I'm predicting a sweep, baby. Um, but I'll get a lot more into into my personal thoughts um, from, a, from a lease perspective, a more heavily lease perspective. Um, we've got, uh, uh, I'm trying to lock down a special guest for tomorrow's show as well. It's the preview show. For game one between the Leafs and the Habs, one more sleep. Like I said, it's almost game time, and I'm so, so, so excited. I can't wait. So let's let's wrap this podcast up, get a good night's rest, wake up, and then it's game day. Ladies and gentlemen, it will be game day. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I thank you all for listening and supporting the show. Check me out on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Check out the show at Locked on Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Rate and review it as well. Um, And like I said, we'll be doing another show tomorrow where I'll be previewing it. And tomorrow is game day, folks. So have a good one. We'll chat tomorrow. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.